Welcome to the Daikoop Podcast. I'm Gary Snow. Today I want to talk about the burning question that keeps every game designer up at night. That, of course, is damage and armor. Okay, I probably overhyped this topic, but as a game designer, it truly has kept me up on the occasional night. So I want to pose some questions about damage and armor, and hope you don't mind me doing a bit of a brain dump and a deep dive on the subject. I also want to reflect upon my own decision-making process I've chosen for the upcoming Daiku system beta release. Honestly, it's so close. I'm just working on a sample adventure right now. Then I'm going to release it out for beta testing or play testing. It's all very exciting, so stay tuned for that. I'll give more details at the bottom of the uh, episode. Um, but before we discuss how I arrived at my solutions, perhaps we should look back on the history of damage in role-playing games. Now, Dungeons & Dragons is the granddaddy of all RPGs, so it makes sense that we should look at the history of damage in D&D and how it evolved. We all know that D&D grew out of tabletop wargaming and chainmail. The original OD&D, you know, the transition time, uh, they just used a single 1d6, and in some cases, the 1d6 went up in increments with heavier damage like fireballs or giants, that kind of thing. So AD expanded to use the full suite of the dice, so from the d4 up to the d20 for variable damage. But the other oddity with AD and D damage was the damage versus size. And so in AD and D, some weapons didn't do as much damage versus larger creatures, yet ironically or oddly some did so as an example an arrow did 1d6 to both small medium and also large whereas a spear which you could probably argue is just a long arrow with a longer stick bigger arrowhead does 1d6 to small and medium and then 1d8 to large so it actually did more damage to the larger ones which never really kind of made a lot of sense but you know inconsistent and so why didn't they have bigger creatures just have more hit points? Well, I'm sure Gary Gygax had his um, opinion on why it should. And eventually it did evolve into the third edition where a lot of that kind of odd clunkiness was removed and streamlined. But um, the variable damage dice uh, in A&D, it's been more or less standard throughout all the editions, starting with AD&D. So regardless of all these changes... It doesn't necessarily reflect how well you hit. So that was, for me, one of the real things that I really wanted to solve. Because when you look at, uh, if you hit with a d20, you roll damage. And if you miss, nothing. But there's a real disconnect between the level of success and the damage that you roll. So to highlight this discrepancy, let's just say you have a squeaker of a roll. So maybe you need 11 and you just get 11, but you still hit. So you roll your damage and it's maxed out. But why is that the case? You barely hit. I think it's just one of those things that over time it gets accepted by it's just the way it is within the D&D world. And it's very similar to something I mentioned in my last podcast about attributes and attribute bonuses. In the most recent editions of uh, D&D, attribute bonuses are more evenly distributed so there's not really uh, a, you know, a big hunk in the middle that there is no bonuses. So it's more evenly distributed throughout the whole slate of uh, the attributes. And with that said, I'm like, maybe we don't even need attributes anymore. Maybe attribute bonuses are all we need because it's almost a redundant stat. So, you know, sometimes tradition is hard to break. And of course, I kind of feel bad about saying this kind of stuff because 
In my opinion, all current game designers are standing on the shoulders of giants. Without the originators trailblazing these early systems and uh, mechanics, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, you know, it's kind of normal, though, for people to learn from mistakes, whether it's our own or others. And I often like to review games and kind of hypothesize, what would I do to fix them? I think most people that like to play RPGs are similar to this. We all are kind of secret game designers internally. And that's why you see so many hacks and house rules. I mean, it was also encouraged within the rules. That's why I uh, actually do a lot of um, reviews on my YouTube channel of older games, because I like to determine, for me at least, why they don't work. And I can see if there's any lessons I can pull from them. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you can learn. And one of the goals I did, had when I was developing the Daiku system was to have attributes as the fulcrum of the character rather than just a vanity stat like I was mentioning. And this was inspired by West End Games' D6 system that started with the Ghostbusters game and eventually was used in Star Wars. The second of my goals was to develop a system that you were rewarded for how successful your action was in combat. The way I approached this was to have damage derived from the gap between the opposing roles. So I'll give you an example of how this works. Let's say a fighter is attacking an ogre with their sword. The fighter's result with their sword is 20. And the ogre's defense parrying with their club is 15. That gap between the two results is 5 points. The value of success is used to inform the damage. Simple enough, right? Well, we haven't even factored in weapons and armor yet. And this is where it starts to get a little bit trickier for a game designer perspective. So we need to take a detour and let's talk about armor for a second. There are generally a couple ways that most games handle armor. And what armor essentially does is either A, makes it harder to hit you, or B, reduces damage. Having option A being harder to hit seems good from a simple game mechanic perspective, as it allows you to combine multiple stats together like armor and dexterity to develop a formula that works as a target for a rollover. This is how it works in D&D essentially. And let's just ignore the descending and ascending uh, armor class in this discussion, because it's not really relevant to my point. So with that said, armor in the real world tends to protect you once you're actually hit, not if you are hit. I know, I know. There's the argument that combat round is kind of more like, you know, thrusts and veins, and the role is more of a kind of abstract result to get the combination of moves so that if you hit or not. That's kind of the way it's been proposed, but I think most people that play D&D describe it more like a single attack and envision it describing it like, I swing my sword at the ogre. Now, that's the way most people play. And the second option of armor is B, which is to reduce damage. It's also used by many games, and it's perhaps a little bit more realistic, but it comes with the issues of bad playability. For example, let's say a lowly wizard has a dagger and attacks a person wearing playmail armor that it reduces the damage by 4 points. While this becomes problematic because the dagger only does 1d4 damage, it's conceivable that a wizard may never do damage if armor is reductive like that, you know, except with the critical hit or something like that. So the newer D&D rules have already implemented some of this, where they have monsters that have reduced damage depending upon the type, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, etc., but it's only like half usually, and it's not consistently reduced right off the top. So there is that piece already kind of in there, but it's not right from the uh, full amount. But then there's a problem with reduction in a scenario like the wizard using the dagger. 
Imagine if everybody was like that in the party and they all hit the opponent on that round and nobody could do any damage because they just couldn't get above that threshold. So combat can drag on and then players get frustrated. So that's the lack of playability. And then there's one last point I want to make prior to giving my hack of a solution for damage and armor. That damage in fistfights and hand-to-hand combat, it's, it's usually an afterthought for most games. And usually weapons are kind of more the focus and paramount. However, when you watch a movie, and I think when people read books and watch a movie, a lot of the times there's fistfights, not weapons. And there's a reason for that. It creates a little bit more drama than just killing. So I would contend that it allows more of a role-playing environment than, you know, a murder-hobo environment. And in most games, you often have to, you know, make up damage on the fly with an improvised object, like, uh, you know, a fist or a rock. And, you know, 1d4 is about as lame as it gets for damage, so it's hard to go lower. And did I mention how lame 1d4 is? It's truly the worst dice ever. And what about fictional characters like ninjas? They can kill a person with a single punch. Or, you know, that's their aura, right? And it doesn't really seem fair that a fun character type like that can almost need a weapon to be effective in the gameplay when sometimes not really built for that. You know, it's more about their hands and fists. So there's a bit of a a gap I always found in hand-to-hand combat in role-playing games. So with that said, what's the solution to damage and armor? Well... I've come up with my own mechanics for the Daiku system, and here's the caveat that I actually created a more streamlined version than the one I'm about to share with you. But I'm going to circle back and tell you why I purposely chose to ignore this more elegant solution in the name of better gameplay. So with that said, here's my solution. As highlighted before, the Daiku system values the success of the attack, and the gap between the opposing roles is the base of the damage. In the ninja example, if the ninja rolled an attack using a 15, or getting a 15 as their score, using a martial arts action, and the defender rolled 10 using, say, their brawling action to defend against, the base damage would be 5. So the martial art is 15, and the defender brawling is 10. And the end result is damage of 5, or the base of it. This allows somebody like a martial artist to inflict damage with no weapons as it's just calculated into the success. But what about weapons? I treat them like amplifiers or amps. In fact, each weapon in the DiQ system has an amp value. Small weapons are plus one and the highest are plus five. A two-handed sword might be the plus five and magic swords could even be more. The amplifier is only added after the success. So the gap and the amplifier added together create a damage pool of D6 dice. So if I haven't lost you yet, let me reiterate. The damage pool is the gap between the attacker and the defender score. And then the amplifier is added. But what about armor? Like I said, I debated using a more streamlined version that is a little bit more elegant, but I opted for this slightly more elaborate process for better gameplay as this upcoming example will show you. But first, let me ask you this question. Do people want efficiency or fun when they play? Some of the best moments in a wizard's life is rolling that goddamn fireball. When they get to a higher level and have a mitt full of D6 and they let them fly, the whole table goes crazy. It's just the way it is. 
and this cannot compare with the lame thud of a D4. Did I mention how lame D4s are? So anyways, back to the Daiku system. Once you determine the gap and any amplifier, you get your dice pool. So if you had a gap of five and an amplifier of five with your weapon, you had to have 10 D6, which is essentially like that fireball feeling roll. But one of the annoyances with fireball is adding up the dice pips once they are thrown. It's time consuming and the results aren't immediately apparent. You, know, you get a general sense, but then you got to do adding, which is never fun. And this is where I take inspiration from other dice pool games. In the Daiku system, armor class becomes the value you have to roll over on the D6 in your damage dice pool. Everybody has a default AC of one, and that's just from bones, muscle, skin, cloth, just your normal person. So it goes up from there to light armor is two AC, medium is three AC, and heavy plate is four AC. So on each die roll, the number of dice that you um, roll over goes through as damage. So in the case of a four AC, you would have to roll fives and sixes. Basically a one in three chance of damage going through plate mail armor. So the mechanism is a damage reduction, which adds a bit of uh, variableness to the damage, but it's also not too swingy as it still values your success. I mentioned before that I have an alternate, more elegant damage armor piercing process developed, but I don't want to use it. And the reason I don't want to use it is you lose out on that fun of rolling damage. The more streamlined version doesn't roll damage. It's just calculated on that single roll and it would be elegant, but it's admittedly, I think kind of boring and kind of lame. It's faster and it's more elegant and maybe I'll throw it in as a hack later on. But what I really would like is the fun at the table. And how I describe that fireball roll is about gaining the fun. And using a die pool against the AC score is an easier way to calculate it um, than the pips on the dice from a fireball. So it's kind of like, and you can kind of see if it's over four, so five and six are successful and it's easy to kind of just separate those dice. So I'm sure a lot of you are like, oh, this is droning on about game mechanics. But let me just reiterate. So you get an attack roll, a defense roll, the gap between them starts the dice pool. Then you add any amplifier from the weapon to that dice pool. And then you roll all those D6, calculating the damage for all those rolled over the AC. So it's not, that might sound complicated and when you don't see it live, I'm sure it does, but it's fairly quick. It's fairly minimal math, and it also um, only uses D6s. So you avoid hunting like, okay, what does this damage do? And is it, you know, D12, is it D8? It's, you just have your D6s handy. So to recap, in developing the Daiku system, I tried to solve for these issues. I wanted success of a roll to matter. I wanted damage without weapons to still be significant for people who prefer to fight with their bodies, such as martial artists. And it opens the door to more fistfights, which is fun. And in the Daiku system, a really successful punch can likely do more damage than a sword that barely hit, which is what I like. I like that balance of a really good hit is worth more than a weapon that actually barely hits. I wanted damage to be realistic and reduce damage once it's hit, not whether you're hit. 
So it avoids that scenario also of uh, somebody never doing damage. I wanted damage to be easy to calculate and determine. I wanted rolling damage to be fun. I also wanted to flip the process for players to roll their armor against attackers. And so this has kind of a twofold effect. It alleviates work for the referee because the players are using their armor class to defend. And so the referee doesn't actually roll damage. The players roll their armor against the damage. And it keeps players engaged in play, whether, whether they're defending or attacking. Also, I didn't mention in this podcast yet, but when you combine actions in the Daiku system, you can potentially share in rolling the damage. It's a more collaborative system that people can easily join their actions together. So the last piece of the armor is that you reduce your agility temporarily while wearing armor. So while it does add a benefit, there's also a negative aspect to it. So it's the risk and reward. And as I mentioned, attributes are the fulcrums to many of the actions in the die cave system or all the actions. And if you're wearing plate mail armor, you get the AC of four, but it also reduces your agility by four. So this reduction to your agility is fairly significant and it reduces your ability to sneak, dodge, climb, balance, etc. So players have to rely upon other um, abilities or attributes that aren't agility based. For instance, if they use their accuracy with their sword, the knight wearing plate mail armor can use the sword to parry off attacks, but they know if they have to dodge, they're a little bit more in trouble because there is an accuracy attribute and an agility attribute. So there's two separations there, one for hand-eye coordination and one for body coordination purposely to play into the way the armor system works. So anyways, I've been pretty happy with how realistically, uh, at least in my mind, wearing armor and has turned out with the damage and the risk reward. And that's kind of been my approach to the Daiku system. It forces players to make decisions on how to play using simple mechanics. So a ninja may choose no armor, but they can rely upon their ability to dodge. And then you can also get, uh, you know, a loincloth barbarian in the game and they don't need armor. So there's kind of like that. It helps with the fantasy of role-playing games and science fiction and fantasy in general. Anyways, I've been rambling on and long enough, and I'm sure you're sick of uh, hearing me talk about that, but it's just something that's been uh, on my mind as far as damage and armor, and I don't know if there's other game designers out there that are kind of struggling with all these things themselves, and I thought I would share, but uh, I'm very excited that the beta system is going to be ready for playtesting very soon. And so if you want to sign up on our website at uh, diecootgames.com, please do. You can follow us on social media. We'll also pepper you with uh, ways to play test. Uh, and we're going to be releasing it on uh, itch.io. So if uh, you want to look for Daiku Games there, feel free to follow us. And then you'll be able to download the beta version when it's available. And, uh, you know, check us out on social media, check us out on uh, YouTube. I've got a couple game reviews of Car Wars and uh, Gamma World on there. So if uh, you like some of those old retro games and what you can learn from them, uh, please uh, check us out there. So until next time, everybody stay safe and I hope your rolling is good.